Welcome back to The Human Exception and the first part of our holiday episode. This week, Courtney is taking us under the sea for some holiday-themed critters and fish. And then Hallie's going to take us all the way up to the treetops and talk about the mysterious tree kangaroo. As always, expect some foul language, but beware of some cute animals. Let's get ready for another Human Exception. I'm so excited. I actually did my research. Oh, except <laughs> I forgot yeah. to. Uh, I forgot to put in my source for the decorator crab. Grab that real quick. The decorator but crab? I... Is that what you said? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yes. I'm, I'm already in. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the ones I'm going over. I just like, I just like, um, so I try, like, I'll talk about it, but, like, I tried really hard to find Jewish uh, Jewish or Hanukkah-themed animals uh, and couldn't. So Aww. this is a very, um, and then I thought about it, and I was like, well, of course you couldn't. Um, look at how everything is set oh. up. <laughs> <laughs> look yeah. at how we name things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was pretty, yeah. pretty, whatever. What, what, what binged? This binged. Here we go. Now I know where I am. <laughs> I also pulled, so I made myself um, a drink. My new favorite drink right now is the Canada Dry with ginger, uh, cranberry. Mm. Uh, or Gigembre Cranberges, as it says on the can. Because I can't speak French. <laughs> All right. Which makes me yeah. giggle every time. <laughs> <laughs> and I mix it with vodka, but I like kind of did that thing like that lady on Food Network where I put in too much vodka, and so it was just like mostly <laughs> vodka with a little bit of soda, and I had to rebalance my drink. Amazing. So it's perfect, is what you're saying. Now uh, it is. Before it was, it was a little window cleanery. <laughs> I was oh, a little. Man. Because vodka and I have a strained relationship. Like, I'm not very good at making my own vodka drinks. Um, And when other people make them for me, I tend to um, black out. So, uh, yeah, the first time my friend... Oh, this is actually actually the clip from the show I was thinking of. Two shots of vodka, half a bottle of vodka later. Yeah, my best friend Rosie made me um, cranberry vodkas at my house and... um, I um, blacked out and came to with no pants on, vomiting in the bathroom with her next to me. And like one of my guy friends tried to commit, and I'm like, I don't have pants. Oh, yeah, my it was gosh. bad. I was dying. You know, like you're vomiting, oh. you don't know what's happening. It was red. Oh yeah, it was not good. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one of those. Anyway, I've I can say I've definitely <laughs> facilitated that kind of. Um, drunkenness in friends. Uh, I, I think this is a warning for February. <laughs> the only time I've blacked out was that one time. Eesh. I was really lucky because I was one at my house. Yeah. And with really good friends. So like my friend who made me the drinks felt terrible. She stayed the night at my house. So Aww. that she could make sure I wasn't like, cause I was alone. I was living alone. My, I think I either just broken up with my fiance or, he was in basic and so like i was alone so they like fixed the light in my bedroom because i couldn't reach it so i it had burned out so and i didn't have a ladder so my tall friends fixed my light for me put in a new light bulb put me into bed made sure i didn't have vomit in my hair stayed the night God. yeah good friends good friends anyway Uh, welcome back to the human exception (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> amazing <laughs> drink responsibly um please yeah, please. yeah please. don't don't do that no one wants to black out and lose their pants <laughs> <laughs> that's what you is say the, i was is that the next shirt 
Is that our next shirt? <laughs> Don't black out and lose your pants. Yeah. <laughs> Don't black out and lose your pants. <laughs> I need that on a shirt, if only for me. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, Goodness. Yeah. <laughs> cool, 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 That's cool. the perfect so, uh, way last to... Last time we uh, had Mike on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Last time we had Mike. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. It really I was. was. It really was great. And girling. Yep. Yeah. So, I don't know if you listen to this, Mike, but thanks so much. Again, it was Say great. We had, we had a good time. And... He did mention that he would be willing to come on the show again. So if we think of something that might be fun to do with him, I can just hit him up. Nice. I, yeah, because I don't think that's going to be a challenge. <laughs> Not too badly. <laughs> I've been saving weird things that I find on the internet. I found a lot of weird shit on the internet. Good. Oh my goodness. I love weird shit on the internet. Yeah. Have we talked about the Instagram yet? No, I uh, no, no, no. It's it's in like it's like in the like closing quotes where I said it's a thing now. But (laughs) tell us about the Instagram. We have an Instagram um, that currently is just our synopsis and our our cover art. But I'm hoping sometimes I put on fun uh, reels that I find onto our stories about things like well switches pulling out their tits and cursing people. Um, Amazing! Oh my god. Uh, eventually, like, I might throw some cats up in there. We'll ha- maybe do some bios for us, like, little fun, like, get to know us and maybe some behind the scenes stuff from the show. So, I'm trying to pull my shit together to do that now that I have all my immigration stuff together. So, and this is a reminder to myself when I listen to this episode, when I edit it, to try and catch <laughs> some, some voice clips for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't lose your pants. Don't lose uh, your pants. Don't lose uh, your pants. We also um, have yeah. a we also have a merch store now too on Threadless, which we haven't done anything with or told anybody about yet. So I should uh do that. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to trying to do the the whole podcast shabanga now. Yeah, now oh. we just need to get like supported by Casper or. Or yeah, blue, the pick one. <laughs> blue apron. Or sponsor us. Sponsor us, yeah. please. <laughs> I would like a, I would like a new mic, like a nice mic. That'd be cool. Oh, there we go. Yeah, you reach out to Blue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have a snowball, but I like, I don't know. I know that there are better mics out there. So we should probably promise now that we're not going to change and or clear up our language if they sponsor us. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> like, no, no. <laughs> you can't change you get, you get what you get. There's no... <laughs> this is me. Uh, this is us. You take us as we is. And then... Uh, as, we, as we is. Yeah. As we is. As we is. is. As we is. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just... We just want you to give a shit. All right. So um, this is our uh, first part of our Christmas episode. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to talk about like how you guys came to your idea for Christmases? Because we were having a hard time thinking about what we were going to do for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because um, I don't think you're topping the Mary Lloyd. So it's kind of like. No. Like, how do you top that? <laughs> right. I keep seeing the most amazing things for that, too. Like, I I am falling in love with horse skulls oh, cool. and might need a horse skull tattoo. Yep. So. Did you see our um cool. page? Our. Um, episode page on the Marlin? I haven't it's got tons of pictures. I, 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 I went through and found like 50 different horses and they all have I, Yeah, I need to go look <laughs> at them all because I just I don't know. It makes me happy. It's like Welsh stuff lately has been my jam. I don't know. We should go to Wales. I'm into it. Field trip to Agreed. Wales. Field trip. Absolutely. Want to sponsor our field trip to Wales? Please <laughs> sponsor our field trip to Wales. Um, also, that I found this wonderful person who is a beach goblin who just goes and finds beautiful things on um, Scottish beaches. I want to go visit them. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, Ooh. field trip, field trip to Europe, please. I would go pretty much anywhere anyone wanted us to go, as long when as it's, it's not like some creepy possible. fucking abandoned like factory or oh, something no. in the woods. Mm-hmm. Hey man, I got plenty of those back home. You want to go? Yeah, let's do, let's do it. No, that's Nathan's thing. <laughs> I have seen too many we'll horror movies. We'll pack Bus. up the, the flashlights and a bear gun. Like, the, uh, you have to have in, a bear gun. The incense, uh-huh. um, the spell book. 
Yeah. You always need a fault. (laughs) Some iron, you know, for the fairies. Okay, but what's a bear gun, Mrs. Alaska? Oh, so... So I have a fun story about the bear gun. A bear gun is literally any any gun that you bring with you on a hike or berry picking or bike riding um, to deter bears. Um, exactly. From eating you. Like- yeah. Okay. It's, it's yeah. Um, so my first time at Evergreen, I I we went on a late night hike down to the beach through the woods at Evergreen, which is the densest. F- thickest forest i've ever seen in north america and um so we're getting ready to go and i was like so who has the i turned to my friend who i just met and i was like so who has the bear gun right because there's maybe not bears but definitely cougars um and she goes this is evergreen no one has a gun and i was like good point super funny who's got the bear gun (laughs) and so we spent like the entire 20 minute hike like complaining at me complaining about like no one having mace no one having a bear gun and we're going through the woods and how we're all gonna die (laughs) anyway like i like i grew up in the middle of nowhere and doing the hikes and stuff like that we never carried anything like that my dad's even a hunter we never carried a bear gun we never carried bear mace so it's like that's such a foreign concept like okay but also you you grew up in canada i grew up in alaska so there's one major difference there the other one is like guns Yeah, I have run into I have run into bears, <laughs> a bear sign while out in like twenty minutes from my house. So um, I grew like up in the, the middle of nowhere. There yeah. were bears like in our backyard. Right, I yeah, chased yeah. a bear once with a you with uh, some pants. It was a black bear. Yeah, see, black bears yeah. are are different because like we have grizzlies. Yeah, well, yeah, you cannot scare. It's like so hard. You could shoot at a grizzly and it doesn't go anywhere. And they've been like, <laughs> yeah, so bear guns. My, my Alaska people know. <laughs> my Alaska peeps know what I'm at. Um, Goodness. <laughs> anyways, I feel like we fell off. The th- so yeah, you this were looking Christmas. at creatures that were to do with Christmas stuff. Yeah, I I tried to find Christmas themed sea creatures because um I know of a couple that I think are amazing. So I picked those. Um, and I was trying Heck to find. Yeah some like other holiday themed animals that wasn't christmas there are no kwanzaa themed animals which in fairness kwanzaa is a newer holiday but there are also no um hanukkah themed animals and i kind of was like kind of feel ways about that like couldn't we have like a star of david sea star or uh or you could do like a an elk or something. Coral? It's a menorah. <laughs> menorah coral. coral. We have harp. So there are harp coral and harp. Yeah, harp coral, and they look like um and harp sponges, and they they look kind of like a harp, but they're kind of they're open at the top, and they could also kind of look like a menorah, but they're called harp. And then I realized that like the people who name animals are generally pretty waspy. So, um, <laughs> and all right. Well, then I guess Christmas themes. <laughs> well, I guess then, Courtney, do you want to start us off? Yeah. So um, I'm going to trying to decide which one to go with first. Um, so I think we're going to start with the decorator crab. And I have um, videos of my own to share with the chat. And we will also put them up on um, the website if I can figure it out. And um, on the Instagram. That word. So. Um, Decorator crabs um, are formerly known as Oregonia gracilis. You can find them anywhere from Alaska to Baja, California. They grow up to be about five inches across. They eat algae, sponges, small crustaceans, and bryozoans. But the reason that they're special is that these sweet little guys take matter from their surroundings, like no matter where you put them. They will like find whatever's around them and, and like glue it to their back and to their legs to camouflage themselves, which is how they got their name. How do they glue it? They have like a, I'm pretty sure it's like they secrete something in their saliva, but I'd have to double check because I for, totally didn't even think about asking myself that question. <laughs> uh, As a cosplayer, I need to understand this. <laughs> Gluing stuff to your body is very difficult. It just oh they have, bristles, they have bristles on their back which wrap around the object and hold it in place. 
Oh, sweet. That's pretty cool. Aww. Yeah. It's like, it's like having back Velcro. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, usually these guys are found um, in kelp forests. So, usually they have just, like, bits of kelp stuck to them, and they kind of look like almost like a crab version of the leafy sea dragons we talked about before. But in labs and in captivity, one of the fun things to do is to put random shit in their tank. Sometimes they'll do Christmas decorations, depending on, like, <laughs> if, the, if oh. it's safe for them, right? And so then they Aww. have all these little things stuck to them. And they're just, like, these sweet little decorated babies. Do we understand the purpose them. behind them doing this? Is like, this kind of like a camouflage? Just, okay. Yeah. I don't know if it was also, like, a mating ritual or something. <laughs> No. So what it'll do is it'll do that so that you can't see it very well. Yeah. Um, and I, we've had the, I've had them in the lab before. Um, and like sometimes you you literally cannot find them, and you have to like actually kind of dig around in the tank. Um, if you need it for something, but like you'll look at the oh, tank, wow. and you'll be able to see them. Um, and like like I said, like what they decorate themselves with depends on what their environment is. Um, and so yeah, they're just really cool. And then like when they when they molt. Um, before they reach sexual maturity, they'll actually recycle all of their decorations. And so they'll like pull them off their old exoskeleton and attach it to their new one. Oh my gosh, I love and it. They have a recycling love it. They're amazing. I, I love, love the pieces. They're one of my favorite. Um, and I've actually got to hang out with them in, in real life, which is always fun to talk about something that you actually got to see. That's actually cool. the video and it's like they like, pick up something and they just kind of like rub it on their body until it like sticks mm -hmm. until it sticks yeah <laughs> they're very cool great. i love them to pieces so yeah yep. decorator crab because like christmas decorations how holiday decorations. yeah how could and you I be love crabs. better and you love crabs who does all yes. hail crabs <laughs> all... we all turn into crab eventually all hail crabs so this next one i'm going to post a picture of it in the chat i'm going to see if you guys can figure out what it is um i'll just give you a second here but if you look at that what does that look like to you guys well christmas trees <laughs> yeah. yeah so this is um a christmas tree worm it's a tube worm so they actually um in the wild will live on corals and they kind of burrow down into the corals Oh. And they build little calcified tubes. And then the quote-unquote Christmas tree that you're looking at, which is like this spiraled, frilly appendage, um, are like their gills slash mouths that they use for breathing and also for like collecting food out of the current. Okay, I was totally thinking like it was like a worm with like, um, those were its antennas, but that's wild. Yeah, they're really cool. They're so pretty. They're gorgeous. Oh they're one of gosh. my favorite tube worms. We have a tube worm. So these are tropical, um, the Christmas tree worm. We have a tube worm that is similar that lives in the Pacific Northwest that just has like these red frilly things. And they look more like a, um, almost like a palm tree at the top because they have like these long tubes and then the gills up top. Um, and I like to call them Dr. Seuss worms because they look like a Seuss tree. I don't remember their actual name, but that's fine. That's Courtney's name. <laughs> it's uh, Dr. Seuss Street. What else do you need unless, like, you're actually studying them? Um, yeah. So they, they like, have, like, the branches, quote, unquote, with the needles on it. And they use that to kind of filter feed and pass the food down into their digestive tract. Um, they also will collect sediment and pass it down to, to the bottom of their body so they can build up their little tube. Um, yeah. They never leave their, their burrow. They come in like a huge variety of colors and they're absolutely gorgeous. Oh, wow. Coral's just covered in them. That's yeah, funny. they're they're just really, wild. they're a favorite for um, coral aquarists, people who have big yeah. saltwater tanks. Like they're like, I would die. I would kill for like some cool worms. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I don't really blame you. They're pretty sweet. I don't know how hard they are to keep, but like, yeah, they're, they're beautiful. Rainbow they colors, really neon colors. They're, they're they don't even look dope. real, right? Yeah, they don't look real at all. Like if well, you showed I, me that, and I had no idea. I'd be like, you photoshopped that. Yeah, <laughs> or or that it's something that was constructed. Um, what movies that from? Right, um, but I mean, even when you do look at them, you wouldn't think that that's a worm. No, cool. not at all. It, it, they just don't. Yeah. So um, I thought they're pretty sweet. Um, and they're, you know, it's a Christmas tree. 
They're great. really fun. Yeah. Um, next, especially for Kayla. Oh, yes. This one, <laughs> it's it's not a crab. Is it a cephalopod? It's not a cephalopod. <gasps> oh, it's an Look angel. It's a sea angel. Did I give the proper name for the worms? I don't think I did. Anyway, no. so uh, if you want to know, if you're interested, the Christmas tree's Latin name is Spirobranchus gigantis. <laughs> Spiro, because they're spiraled branches, and they're big, apparently. They only grow to like an inch and a half, so I don't know why they're gigantius, but whatever. Maybe they're just big from worms. No. Oh, okay. Not even <laughs> from worms. <laughs> um, because like the like the Dr. Seuss worms that I was telling you guys about can grow like, at, like the ones we had, I think were approximately like six inches tall. So, hmm. and, wow. and the the Christmas tree worms are an inch and a half. So, oh man, wow. Um, yeah. And then we have sea angels. So there All are right. two different there are two different species. There's Cleone limentia and Cleone antarctica. One lives in the Antarctic. Who would have guessed? <laughs> um, there are small species of gastropod. They're about five centimeters long. They're a soft-bodied um, gastropod. So like a soft-bodied creature. They don't have a shell as an adult. They do have a small one when they're a little tiny baby. Um, but then they shed the shell and then don't ever have one. Um, yeah. They mostly eat these other gastropods called sea butterflies. They look very similar, except for they actually have a shell. Um, and so what they do is they have two specialized eating appendages that are called buckle cones, which I think is a fun name. Um, and they, they, they're they at the top. If you look at the picture, there are those two little cones at the top of what looks like the head. And they use that to extract the sea butterflies from their shells. And then what? they have a bunch. Yeah. And then they have like a bunch of hooks and um, all gastropods have this thing called, well, not all. Yeah. All gastropods have a thing called a, a radula, which is basically like it's basically like a tooth, but it's one tooth that they use like a tongue to scrape things. And they are a little terrifying when you're looking at them, but also really cool. Radulas, super dope. Ah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah you it's see like, the like snail things. Yeah, like snails, just, well, snails have radulas too. Like so, like our snail, our snails. We both have mystery snails. Have like a a less intense one because they are eating algae. They're not like tearing other other mollusks out of their shells um, and devouring them. But they're but you know they have one as well. So um, yeah, sea angels take about two minutes to like capture a, their prey and eat the whole thing. So it happens really quickly. Jeez. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Also, like these pictures are like whack. They're so cool. They're like these. So um, they're kind of like clear for those of you at home. They're kind of clear. You can see through them. They're translucent. But then they also have like this little like snow fall motif on them. And they have these cool um, winged appendages that they can use to actually like get around and navigate really well. They're not like other. They're not like plankton or planktonic where they're completely dependent on the tide and currents to take them places they can maneuver and hunt on their own they're um, like kind of like snow angels with devil horns no angels with devil horns yeah and that's where they got their <laughs> name is because they kind of look like a snow angel um so cleone antarctica um has its own chemical compound that it's developed evolved and it deters fish which um is amazing because it's like the only example where a chemical defense like this is produced by the mollusk itself and not oh. like from a food source huh. wild um yeah there's even there's even a small amphipod that will like find them and then use them as like muscle to for protection so that they don't get eaten Bouncer, so like, I love it. Yeah, basically, they're like a bouncer for these tiny little crustaceans. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, also, um, they are what's called protoandrous hermaphrodites, which means that they'll start out as male at the beginning of their life, and as they get older, they'll change and become female. 
interesting that it's based on their like life cycle yeah so like so like and they're not the only ones that do this right so like clownfish famously also do this um when there's no uh female around the oldest i think it's the oldest male changes and becomes female if i remember Mm -hmm. correctly anyway fun times um, yeah, just I've heard probably... of other creatures doing it, just usually because of an environmental trigger. Just to know that, like, yeah. having it actually in their life cycle is completely different. That's really yeah. Um, and a friendly reminder to everybody that hermaphrodite is a term used in science for animals and not a term that we use for people. I'm just saying. Just be cool, people. Just be cool. Don't be an asshole. Did I share? Oh, I also have a video of them mating for you guys to watch later. That Sweet. I will also share on the. They're pretty cute. I don't know. They're all so these cute. Pretty much all of these are adorable and they make me happy. Uh, my next animal is Ammonia simplex, which is a mollusk again because we love mollusks here. <laughs> it's commonly known as the jingle shell. The jingle shell. The jingle shell. Like the jing- like a- jingle bell? It's a jingle like shell? Jingle bells, but it's jingle shells. Jingle shells. <laughs> All the way. Um, yeah. So the jingle shell is, they like these little thin, um, they look kind of like clams. And when you have a bunch of them together, they jingle, hence the name. They're also called mermaid's toenails. <laughs> Saddle oysters or gold shells. And you can find them anywhere from Nova Scotia all the way down to Brazil. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. They have, um, just like most other um, mollusks, like mussels and oysters and stuff, they have bissel threads, these little tiny threads that they have that they use to acre themselves. Um, they grow to be about one to three inches. They have a bunch of different colors from white to kind of like a yellowish goldish color or kind of silvery. Um, they are also a filter feeder. And they have been used in jewelry and wind chimes, and I've seen people make them into lampshades. Um, and they're used by fishermen or fisher people um, to help seed oyster beds because oysters, in order to grow and settle, they have to have they have to know that it's a safe place. So they actually the little tiny larval oysters have the ability to like detect where other um calcium carbonate is which is what shells are made out of and that's how they know where to go to settle so that's part of the reason why people tell you not to take shit off of the beach because then other animals don't know where to go (laughs) um you're taking away the signs yeah so like like and that's why like a lot of like oyster farms will have giant amounts of shells that they keep not only because like what else are you going to really do with it except for turn it into like fertilizer for a garden but because they also use it to help seed their beds if they have open beds and not like the they also will grow oysters in um like baskets basically in the water so they have them all in one place those flowers are gorgeous right i would have had that in my wedding bouquet (laughs) yeah so someone's made some flowers with the uh jingle bell shells they kind of look look like like peonies yeah or roses And they're like a beautiful, like peachy color. I love it. Okay, I have Super two more cool. things. Um, uh, how do you guys feel about a cookie cutter shark? Uh, what? yes. Have you I... never heard? Have you ever heard of a cookie cutter shark? Uh, no, uh, no, I don't think oh, so. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let me just pull it up here real quick. So, cookie cutter sharks are a small shark that are technically a parasite not a um predator what they do is they have these wicked teeth and they will um find a prey animal pretty much anything that moves and they'll just take a perfectly round cookie cutter bite out of it oh i think i may have heard of these before yeah they're terrifying oh my god but they're kind of cute in their own way so yeah so you can you you see these you people will find scientists will find fishermen will find um cookie cutter like small round perfectly round bites taken out of dolphins and seals and tuna and other sharks and they're just 
these like goof they're they're cute they've got kind of like a salmon shark look to them if you've ever seen a salmon shark so they just like bite something and run away (laughs) oh Oh my god it's pretty here i also have another video it's deep in there so it may not have them for a little bit but yeah um they also like other sharks Mm. will lose their teeth all the time but what they do um because they're a deep sea shark and like resources are not always plentiful um they will swallow their teeth when they lose them and recycle the nutrients oh interesting so they just have them inside of them uh they also have a bunch of different light organs over their whole body that they use probably for communication probably for camouflage it's kind of a common thing uh deep down in the water um and then when it's nighttime they go up to the surface. That's where they do most of their parasitic hunting, I guess you would call it. Um, and then during the daytime, they go back deep down to the water column. Oh, I think I found a um, picture of some of its bioluminescence. I don't. Ha- I couldn't find any. There, I think I like, it has. It has. Oh, ooh. here, one second. Yeah, my files are too powerful. Too powerful right, so- files. Everything in the deep ocean is both fascinating and horrifying. And Got a it. little horrifying. Yeah. yeah. That's just kind yeah. of the way it rolls. Um, uh, there has been one... Oh my god, they're gorgeous. There has been one recorded incident of them biting a human. Um, but it was a really weird incident. This person was a long-distance athlete swimming between islands in Hawaii at night. And they had <laughs> a bunch of lights on him, which is not great. Because like that's a great way to tell predators that you're there. And so the the cookie cutter shark came up and bit his calf. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Yeah. It said it left a big scar. Oh. It didn't cause permanent damage. Um, but, yeah. So cookie cutter sharks are kind of cute. You should have one on your Christmas tree. That, that <laughs> swimmer now has the most fascinating stuff. Like, he should be getting free drinks for the rest of his life. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, yeah, cool. so they're beautiful, right? And they have like these great light organs, and they're a parasite. How many parasite sharks have you heard of? Not many. Terrifying. I love them. Holy crap. That's really cool. <laughs> I like glowy skeletons. That's cool. Jeez. I'm all for it. Yeah, they're pretty great. That's great. Oh, How big shark. are they? Um, I think it's a 10 to 20 inches. Okay. So not very big. Less than two feet. Most of the ones that I saw that were like harvested. Now, when I was looking at all of them, I thought these were all like preserved specimens. They have that kind of like sad formaldehyde Yellow, yeah. yellowish look to them. I think that's their natural coloring is like this kind of like gross yellowy gray color. Well, they live so in the I'm not dark, a fan right? Of that. So, <laughs> like, that's not important to them. But also, like, for me, ew, please, guys, let's go. Um, yeah. They also kind of look like weird penises. Yeah, especially like, in this picture, <laughs> a weird <laughs> dick with teeth. Horrifying. Uh, Horrifying. No one that. Yeah. No one. The last one I have isn't really an animal per se, but it is winter themed and marine and um that thing is marine snow have you ever heard of marine snow before i have heard of this yes (laughs) so when something in the water dies or poops or is pulled apart or just like any random crud that's floating around in the water um when it gets to a certain point like it's falling down, right? And we don't, they don't have, it's not like dirt. It's like kind of suspended in the water. And so when you see like deep sea footage of um, literally anything, anything you always <laughs> see these like little, it looks like someone had a pillow fight. There's like all these little bits in the, in the air, in the water. Um, yeah. And that's marine snow. And so it's, it's actually what they call it. Um, and it's actually really important for deep sea, what we call benthic or like the floor of the, the ocean in terms of um, like providing food because a lot of animals that live deeper down primarily are um, filter feeders. Mm. And so they scavenge all of that stuff out of the water all the time, or they'll be on the seabed 
and scavenging that. So mm-hmm. it's really important. It's also really important for um, trapping carbon and nitrogen so that it helps with like, not that like the system knows it's doing this, but like it's important in terms of global warming because it helps to trap carbon and like take it out of the loop so that we don't have as much carbon in the atmosphere and and, and causing shit, you know? Um, and apparently... <laughs> Three quarters of the deep ocean floor is covered in like this gross, thick, muddy ooze that's just basically the fallout from marine snow. And it's just like (laughs) dust from like like, marine biomatter, just goop, old, old scales and skin cells and poop and and you name it it's on that floor it's like a a teenage boy's bedroom in there Um, (laughs) the course of one million years that ooze will grow six meters wow yeah so that's kind of gross but it's also kind of pretty and important in its own weird way um, which is one of my things to highlight so I've, yeah, I've always seen it in the videos and stuff. I never even thought to think about what it was, but that makes yeah. totally sense. Or that it has a name, or that people study it, and like, <laughs> you know how long, how much accumulates, and what it does, and yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that that we just kind of don't think about and take for granted that someone is absolutely fascinated with and has written seven papers about. So <laughs> yeah, um, if I missed any awesome holiday themed sea creatures you let me know because i looked really hard to see if there were more there are some that i like honorable mentions that i didn't fully research but like there are also um tinsel fish tinsel fish tinsel fish um which is just like i i don't have any anything for it but i could show it to you just like pretty silvery fish um with big fat eyes which is one of my favorite things and weird shaped bodies so like aesthetically um this is my jam this is what i like to draw is like weird fish like this (laughs) that's so cool Mm. right oh my god Um, that's so bizarre looking yeah yeah there's also the peppermint angelfish Mm -hmm. um which looks just like you probably think it would it's a red and white striped um small tropical fish Oh, it's like big fins, like mm-hmm. like you would think of in a freshwater angelfish, but it's still pretty cool. Um, there's also the candy cane shrimp. Oh, I've seen those guys. There's, those guys are awesome. They're beautiful. They're like red and white striped, just like a candy cane. Tiny little boys. Very sweet. Um, there's the pine cone fish, which I believe is in the puffer fish family, if I'm remembering correctly. And they have like this really beautiful pine cone pattern on them. <laughs> My husband's laughing at me. <laughs> <laughs> what? Those are oh, so wacky really looking. Cool. That right? is cool. Holy shit. Um, and then one of my favorite fish, um, the snowflake eel. Snowflake eel. Because they're absolutely gorgeous. I don't think I had anybody else on my list. Oh, wow. Yep. That was my list. So those were all of the um, all of the neat um, ocean themed, Christmas themed beautiful Peters. things. Now I could have done eels. They have the double jaw like in uh, Alien versus Predator. Um, and they're like, people think they're kind of aggressive and mis- I think they're misunderstood. But I love eels. They're great. They're, they're gentle beauties. I don't know how gentle they are, but <laughs> I mean, like, wolf eels are, re- well, like, people can, like, go up and hang out with wolf eels without being attacked or anything. But, like, don't, like, mores and stuff, like, they'll, like, mores, snap at you if you get too close? <laughs> mores can be aggressive. <laughs> but I think snowflake eels are also in the not aggressive, super sweet category. But uh-huh. I don't know. I don't do a whole lot of eel work or tropical work because um, I <laughs> was in Washington. But they're beautiful. Those are great. So yeah. Oh, this one's so small. Is it the one with like the in the little clear jar? Yeah. Oh, love him. He's so cute. Okay, so yeah. like snowflake eels are so funny. They just do they're stuff. Like, they're fucking. They're like puppies, man. 
<laughs> so can't. I think most ocean things are like puppies, so I'm like, octopus, it's a puppy. <laughs> With eight arms. All right. Oh, so I don't know if I should, did I show you guys the octopus menorah? No. Okay, so I was trying really hard <laughs> to find <laughs> ocean themed Hanukkah, like Hanukkah themed ocean things, right? Well, I ended up just finding a bunch of like octopus menorahs, <laughs> was the only thing that came up. And um, low key, if I was Jewish, uh, I would get one because they are fantastic. What a better animal to have to celebrate the eight days of Hanukkah than an animal with eight fucking arms. <laughs> That's kind of and then amazing. you just and then you put the 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 lighting candle on their head. There are so many Jewish octopus crossover things that you can find. It's pretty amazing. That is um, so random. I never would have expected that crossover. Nope. nope. But yeah. Made me happy. Oh my god. This I'm sorry, I got I'm totally on like an eel picture tangent. This guy looks so happy. <laughs> I love the faces. I think it's because you can't see their teeth. So when they have that open mouth, it just looks like they're kind of laughing. Yeah. Or like <laughs> they're probably gaping for no reason, but you know. <laughs> all right well that was awesome more fun critters we always love critters i've got um some other ideas written down for more critter um, things critter critter episodes sweet all right well howie what are you doing oh sorry i'm still stuck on the derpy earless now i'm like <laughs> 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 i am i am also down the rabbit hole of these weird ass cute ass looking things i, I love eels i love eels they're like and no like eels are so mysterious for so many reasons those are hagfish not eels don't show me that shit uh <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> Oh, this is person like petting a moray. <laughs> yeah, that's living on the edge. I mean, oh. that's living the life. I will. Yes, I would be super into that. Also, there's a bunch of really great like eel cartoon gifs that I enjoy. <laughs> I oh, the uh, Vancouver Aquarium used to have a moray eel, and I loved it so much. It was so oh. cool. I just sit there and watch and wait for it to come out. It was a monster. I really, I really enjoyed the eel gardens. That they oh yeah, the little sometimes. tiny. Yeah, they they usually have a, that exhibit, which I love too. The eel gardens. I don't remember. Great. I don't remember if the one at Vancouver had the thing where you could pop up in and like sit inside with all the garden eels, so that you were like one. You could like see all of them and see <laughs> at their level, or if that was in Monterey, that might have been in Monterey. I think that's Monterey. Um, but they yeah, have like a cute. frog exhibit like that, but nothing for eels. I love frogs. It's I'm trying to like learn how to draw frogs better. It's not going great. Frogs but... are hard to draw. They've got weird anatomy. I'm also trying to anthropomorphize one. It's not easy, man. <laughs> it's not easy being green. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hallie, are you done looking at eels? <laughs> yes, I'm good. I'm good. I'm satisfied now. You got your eel fix. Right yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot how much I love ocean stuff, too. Ah. Yeah. All, right. Uh, all right. But for me, it was like terrifying nightmares of anglerfish when I was like eight and discovered what they were. And Oh, anglerfish are so cool. They're so cool. But eight-year-old me thought that was the scariest thing on the planet. They're terrifying looking. They're cool, they're but they're terrifying. terrifying. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. I totally get one. <sighs> they're the thing about um, Definitely. Yeah, this just gives me the shivers. Like, it's <laughs> uh, all right. So I wanted to do one thing, and uh, it got very confusing, and I decided to not. So I picked <laughs> my my backup topic, which was going back to my roots of finding very uh, also strange animals. These are strange endangered animals. There's not nearly as much information on them as the Karkapo, because the Karkapo can be studied in these things. Uh, we haven't had a whole lot of luck. Um, but first, I would like to, in the holiday spirit, offer up a little narrative on something that I'm going to call the Great Tree Rue, if you're ready. 
Okay. <laughs> this is welcome to Masterpiece Theater where everything is whack. All right. Uh, oh, great tree rue. What is in store for us this holiday season? What gifts and joy will you bestow upon us as we gaze at your wondrousness and as you sit so very fucking high above our heads? Will you shower us in good wishes for a new year or provide some words of wisdom? Oh, if only we could talk to you, but we can't because you're so fucking high up in the tree. Might your message be about conservation and preservation of wild places in the world? About poaching and hunting that reduces your numbers? How about your habitats being destroyed or replaced by logging or timber production on how this exposes you to predators? Oh, great, Tree Roo. We really should do more to save you. And some folks are. So in that sense, I want to talk about Tree Kangaroo because that phrase makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> tree Kangaroo? Tree Kangaroo. Tree Kangaroo. I've, I've heard I, of these guys before. They're I very would. cool. I They are very cool. Um, kangaroos, as we know them, are, of course, very large, powerful land marsupials. Unlike, as is true for a lot of Australia, unlike anything outside of that continent. <laughs> right. Uh, but evolution, funny little thing. And out of it, we got tree kangaroos. So they are the only true arboreal macropods. And macropods are a family of marsupials that include kangaroos and wallabies and wallaroos and padmalians and quokkas and creatures like that. Mm-hmm. Quackers. Um, quackers, which is both fun to say, fun to spell, and they're just fun. So it, the quokka oh, wins, in my quackle. opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Although I do love to say wallaroo. Wallaroos. <laughs> it just rolls out of your mouth nicely. Pretty great. It's a pretty great word a good name whoever named the wallaroo good on you buddy good on you mate ow yeah i should have had i really i am now thinking in hindsight that i should have had my friend anthony do something for us because he's australian and that would have been funny Uh, i know a missed opportunity it's all right i'll go yell at him later uh, modern macropods are uh, herbivorous, so they're grazers. They have these. Who wants to see a skull? So they have these really cool teeth. Uh, this is a wallaby skull. Uh, there we go. <laughs> and you can see the whack ass teeth on this thing. <laughs> Make yeah. a more loot out of that. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, it's got like a freaking it. like teeth stabby dagger lower jaw. <laughs> yeah, like a like the dagger out of a boot. Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> that it's just it's right there. I don't know what that's called, but um they have these really sharp or not sharp, but really thick blunt teeth in the front that they use to rip leaves off, and then everything in the back is for grinding up and chewing on. Um so at one point in evolution, all macropods were arboreal, and now we only have the tree kangaroo. So here is a tree kangaroo skeleton. These are very rare. I had to go digging for this. To find a skeleton. Um, to find one of them, yeah, yeah, because they're, uh, they're kind of mysterious. Uh, here we go. Uh, if it'll go. Come on. There we go. Um, so that is a Matchy's tree kangaroo, which I'm sure I'm butchering the name. They're the ones that you most commonly do see in zoos. Terrible muster. Um, horrible. Awful on the shoulder blades and the spine. Ba- just horrible. Basically just like a lowercase r. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Didn't even think of that. <laughs> just, that's a very impressive angle that your body turns at, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're fascinating little little boogers. Uh, so this is a Matchy's tree kangaroo. There he is. No. So yep, uh, they are an interesting blend of features. So they're I uh, like Courtney with her de- her sea creatures. I fucking love these things. <laughs> um, I have a penchant for animals that are really rare and live in very only like particular parts of the world. 
So I was actually introduced to tree kangaroos because of a children's book when I was looking for things to do with the kids that I was doing story time for. I landed on this book. It's called Quest for the Tree Kangaroo um, by Cy Montgomery. And she's done a lot of books on these like very rare creatures and mostly focused on the people who research them and try to help them and stabilize their populations. Um, so these little guys only live in the tropical rainforests of New Guinea. Far south northeast, or far south northeastern, wow, that made sense. Far northeastern Australia, and some of the islands in the region. Um, we can't get an accurate count on the populations because they live at least 60 feet up in the trees. <laughs> <laughs> Slight problem. Uh, and they're also very, obviously, very skittish around anything bigger than it. Um because they're so isolated and some of them live in the lowlands some of them are mountain dwellers they and they don't come down to the ground too often it's it's really hard to nail them down so we know there are right now we know a 14 species of them the most well known is that matchy's tree kangaroo and those are from uh papua new guinea and they're the most ones that you're likely to see in the zoos here's a map of where they live it's a very small area. Like usual. <laughs> One tiny chunk of Australia. Oh my god. Wow. Oh wow. And that's it. Yep. That's just for the one species. Of course, some of the other ones are spread out over those islands, but yep, their their populations are really endangered. Logging, uh forest uh, destruction, poaching, their pelts are really valuable. Um, I think these things are just so fascinating. So the, we'll focus on the matchies tree kangaroo. They're like 20 to 32 inches or 51 to 81 centimeters long. They're not that big. Tiny. And they're, they're little, they're little, they're not a whole lot bigger than a, a big house cat. Yeah. Um, they weigh between 20 and 25 pounds. So nine to 11 kilos, kilograms. Um, and they're one of the few species like this where their sexual dimorphism is really low. Oh, really? Yeah. So the males and females look almost identical, except of course that a female one has a pouch. <laughs> oh my gosh. Baby in the pouch. And this is so cool because you can see one in the pouch that's about like two weeks old, I think they say. So if you go, oh. to, I marked it. If you go to four and a half minutes uh, and it goes to about 5.13, so go to 4.30 and then to about 5.13 and you'll see what I'm talking about. So cute. They look so fuzzy Aww. and soft. I know. They're so timid. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, the baby's so small. Yep. They have kind of a quokka face with like the, the perma smile. Yes, yep. They're fascinating. And then you can see like their claws and it's so cool. Like Kangaroos and stuff are just wild to me, like the way that they actually raise their like offspring in the pouch and like their pouch. They're like yep. babies are so so vulnerable for so long that they just live in the I know. I know, I know, I know. The um I was looking at their breeding and gestation information. So they don't actually they're they're really bizarre. There's very little sexual dimorphism. Um they live in these super isolated areas. They have no particular season in which they breed. So they just, you know, whenever the hormones get them going, sure. You know, let's you, do that. You'd be a busy on Tuesday. <laughs> you give, yeah, ex exactly. Exactly. Uh, gestation lasts about 44 days and the joeys typically stay in the pouch for at least 11 to 12 months. Wow. Jesus. Yeah. Yep. It's like carrying um, your baby for a year. No, like, you. And like a front Nine pouch or whatever. Too long. <laughs> it's yeah it's it's already too long for us like these, although these... The, ups the upside of being a kangaroo i guess is that um that you when you give birth like it's so small 
right? It's like yeah. a little jelly bean. Yep. Versus oh, like a right. 10 pound watermelon. I have a lot of <laughs> questions about like kangaroo reproduction that I've never even thought of before. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of really weird kangaroo facts. So one day. <laughs> This opened up like a spot in my brain that was like, ah, yes, macropods. We should look. And I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> um, I know. I'm so excited. Uh, so they, those, those teeth that I showed you, even though that was a wallaby, it's very close to a tree kangaroo skull. Um, they eat leaves and fruit, but they'll eat a kind of almost anything, especially in captivity. And they've actually shown a preference to proteins like eggs, birds, and snakes. So they become omnivores in captivity. Which is kind of wild. Yeah. Um, They spend about 60% of their time sleeping, so less than the average house cat, but still it's up there. I don't blame them. Uh, they also do the cat thing where they don't, well, I have one that builds a nest, but, uh, they don't build nests or safe spaces, quote unquote, to sleep. They just, if they're tired, if they feel safe, they just drop on whatever branch they're on and go to sleep. (laughs) Well, they are 60 feet up in the air, so. (laughs) Yes. So let's talk about that. Um, it is really hard to get footage of them in the wild because they are so high up. They are wicked jumpers they can leap about nine meters horizontally to a neighboring tree and they can jump from 60 feet or 18 meters straight up in the air to the ground without hurting themselves. i'm sorry so, how far wow. uh-huh uh-huh 30 30 feet horizontally or more uh at least 60 feet straight down so you can kind of i just put a, another video in here uh from the australian geographic where this lady who rescues them um, kind of shows how they move. And you can see how this little one that she's got, this is a different one than the, um, the matchies, but this is Dr. Karen Coombs. She runs the, she runs the tree rue rescue in Australia. So they find them when they're injured and rehabilitate them. If they can release them back to the wild, they do look at this weirdo climbing around though. That's so weird. Backing his butt up down the branch. He reminds yeah. me of Titian. Like when Titian, my kitten, is trying to like navigate being on the window. Like he does the same thing. Oh, yep. They do the beep, beep, beep. Backup truck. A little yep. backup, backup mm-hmm. wiggle. Yep. It, these these creatures are so bizarre. I And their tails are not prehensile. They're exactly what you think they're for. They're for balancing. I was like, the tails are so uh, long. The tails are so long. They remind me of those. Um, what are they? The the oh god, not the mark, not the Marquettes. Um, macaque. Oh, macaques. Uh, yeah, yeah. Is that the right one that I'm thinking of? The black and white little uh, yeah, yeah. monkeys. Yeah, I might have the macaques. wrong one. That yeah. I'm... Hey, okay. Can you tell where my fixation lies when I see animals? I'm like, look at you. You're weird. I like you. <laughs> I have a type. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, 30, <laughs> 30 feet horizontally at minimum, uh, 60 feet to the ground, which is just fucking buck wild. Um, so this, I, I wanted to, highlight the work that the tree root rescue and conservation center is doing which is that lady is from there um dr karen coombs so you can go to that our sites it will be in the show notes but it's treerescue.org.au and they have pictures of all of their rescues currently and they run solely on donations so they um, rescue and rehabilitate orphaned injured and displaced tree kangaroos for release back into the wild or for life in captivity uh, for education and conservation in zoos. So, I have a couple of pictures of their little buddies that they have. Um, I would like you all to meet Lily. This is Lily. She is ours. Merry Christmas. I adopted her for us. Really? Yes, Aww. I did. That's so cute. Oh, my God. She's so cute. She's poor little thing was blind, orphaned. Um, a dog got a hold of her. Uh, so they got the call to come out and get her. And now she hangs out and she has a safe place to live out the rest of her days and be Aww. used in education 
So here is our official adoption certificate for her <laughs> that they mailed me earlier this week, which I thought was so cute. Oh, I know. I was like, oh, baby. <laughs> so that's Lily. the cast of the Human Exception podcast. I know. <laughs> so they sweet. were they were so good about that. I was like, oh, you're good sports. Um, but you can adopt a tree kangaroo. You can learn more about them there. They're really one of the few independent uh, tree kangaroo rescues outside of dedicated conservation centers. And like I said, they run only on donations. So I wanted to help them out a little bit. Um, so yeah, so she's amazing. she's she's our little tree roo. We have our own tree roo now. Little mascot. <laughs> I know she's so cute. Um, we, so we yeah. put her on a t-shirt. <laughs> our sweet angel Lily. Or, or maybe like a little sketchy outline of her or something. Yeah. <laughs> that would be actually... Is a... <laughs> hmm? What is she go, go make my brother visit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, should, we should just start adopting like random animals. I seriously considered <laughs> and that, have, yeah. Have like a virtual zoo of all of our <laughs> all of our animals that we're in love with that we support. So anyways, they're very um they're very clumsy on the ground. They they much like the carcapo, they kind of waddle and shuffle because their feet aren't made for walking on the ground. <laughs> they're That's made for jumping <laughs> very far distances. Oh, uh, so yeah, I encourage people to look at the tree kangaroo. Get that book that I mentioned by Sai Montgomery. Um, she writes some cool books. They're a little bit older now, but they're all, I mean, granted, this is an animal you can't really research very well. So yeah. I don't think it's that out of date. <laughs> uh, but it's got it really cool lives photos. In trees. <laughs> it still lives in trees. It's still endangered, unfortunately. They're good resources for kids who you know, maybe are over like the babyish books, but aren't ready for something a little more difficult. They're really nice. Uh, so yeah. yeah, that's our, that is our own great tree root. I wrote that for a reason. So we could meet our mascot. Oh, and everyone could meet Lily. <laughs> Merry so Christmas. Happy holidays <laughs> to everyone. The great tree root. Please go consider throwing them a few bucks to help them keep their tree roots happy. And that's it. It's a great tree roo. I love it. That's awesome. This is the best palate cleanser. (laughs) Right? Yeah. After all the other shit we have in our chat, like, (laughs) the best. I know, I know. (laughs) Whenever you're sad, just go, um, just go think of Lily for a minute or two. Yeah, poor little baby. (laughs) She has cataracts. She can't really see. She is the, like, she has seen some shit. She has seen some shit, yep. And now she gets to adopted, like, the poor vet of, like, tree And now she just gets to hang out and, like, be admired and eat chickpeas all day. And eat chickpeas and and get little head scratches and be safe and not attacked by any more dogs. As she should. As she should. As she should. So, yeah. Here we go. I'm all, like, for clumps now. (laughs) (laughs) that's it for this week next week we'll be back and nathan is going to tell us about some holidays from india and china and i'll be telling you about the christmas miracle that is sharon elliott the seven-day-old baby that was found in the arizona desert on christmas eve 1931 with only a hat box for protection as always links and pictures and additional information can be found on our website at thehumanexception.com to keep up with all things exceptional be sure to follow us on twitter facebook or instagram at thehumanexception you have a story you want us to cover, want to tell us that we're wrong, you just want to say hi, you can email us at thehumanexception at gmail.com. And if you want to get on the phone, you can come join us on our Discord server. Link can be found on the contact page. We also now have a merch store, so if you feel like getting a t-shirt, a link can be found on our website. Keep on being exceptional, my humans, and have a wonderful weekend.
Are yeah. you back yeah. again? Okay, you guys, yeah. my stuff has gotten stuck on my aquarium plants twice this week. He Your like what's gotten stuck? Your snail? My snail. So four okay. is my giant mystery snail who has gotten bigger than I thought he would. Um, but he does this thing where he like detaches from the side of the tank and kind of p- tries to parachute down. Um, but he keeps getting like his part of his mantle or like his shell stuck on the aquarium plant leaves. And then he just sits there very sadly until like I go and get a spoon and push him off. Oh, there he goes. Okay, he's better now. Sorry, it was very distracting. Good job, buddy. We love you, Four. Please don't die. Please don't die. He's doing so much better than his predecessors. (laughs) 